Welcome to another episode on the Gospel Forum podcast. My name is Josh Sherrill. I'm associate pastor at Providence Church in Lehigh Acres, and I have my brother joining me, Nick Potts. Nick? Hey, guys. We are, uh, we are uh, from a collection of Reformation-minded Christians. That is what the Gospel Forum is, and we put out content online. You can find us on the web, thegospelforum.com. Uh, you, you'll see our blog there, including many articles and videos like these. And um, yeah, so Nick, how's it going? How was your day? Uh, well, day today was uh, good. It was very busy, uh, but good. Um, trying to get a bunch of stuff done around the house and, you know, it's life. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Yeah. Busy day. I actually spent a good part of my afternoon running around looking for rain boots. Uh, apparently, people have bought up all the rain boots. Um, and <laughs> my family is preparing to be a part of a fall festival tomorrow. Um, and there's going to be some gotcha. wet areas. And uh, my wife is actually doing a booth there. She's She started a class recently for, for children uh, ages four and through high school, I think here and there that is basically teaching them basic gardening skills. And so I was helping her prepare for that and we didn't have any boots. And it makes sense that with, after the storm, a lot of people who didn't need boots previously uh, went out and bought a whole bunch of boots. So, and we've been a lot of, yeah. a lot of storm cleanup and, and I'm sure you guys have seen some of that stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have, um, the majority of it, um, you know, occurred about, about 20 minutes South of me. So a little too close for comfort. Um, but you know, I've seen a lot of like down branches and uh, a lot of mobile homes here. I uh, have been, uh, pretty damaged. Uh, but as far as actual house damage, not, not a lot, um, overall, which is good, uh, here. Uh, but like I said about, you know, just even 20 minutes south has been, you know, really bad. Yeah, here in Lehigh, we were, we were, uh, where I'm at in Lehigh, we were pretty much unscathed by it. Uh, there were some in Lehigh who had roof damage. Actually, there were a lot of people in Lehigh who had roof damage, but it was not nearly as bad as what you see from Cape Coral, Pine Island, Fort Myers Beach. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got brothers yeah. out in Cape Coral and Pine Island, you know, Tom Asquad, a Grace Baptist out there. Um, I've got a buddy named Tommy Morgado out at Northside Baptist, North Fort Myers. They lost the roof on their fellowship hall in the middle of the storm where they were sheltering. So definitely some, some crazy stuff going on. Uh, but we're not here this evening, late in the evening, uh, to, to discuss the storm. By the way, what time, what time is it, Nick? <laughs> uh, right now it is 12.10 a.m., <laughs> nice nice yes it is uh, i forgot what time it was uh but yeah so we are not here to discuss yeah. no Ian. no with just just a <laughs> just a comment on that briefly um why why are we recording at 12 10 a.m oh there was a user um, malfunction because we started <laughs> we started to uh, much earlier in the day and there was a user malfunction and we had to uh redo it so um yeah. admittedly that is not our first time 
doing that because I know many times that this has occurred over right. the, uh, what, two years we've been doing this now? My goodness. Wow. That's, yeah. That's so, yeah. 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 So that, that yeah. was fun. We got a little practice run earlier and we got a practice run discussing something yeah. very important. Uh, and that is the doctrine of justification. Uh, if you guys have been following along with our with our podcast, you'll you'll have noticed that we've been in the Ordo Salutis for some weeks now, uh, maybe even a couple months now, it's going through it slowly. And um, just a reminder, the Ordo Salutis is the order of salvation. It's a Latin term that's referring to the application of redemption. That's a lot of words, but what we're talking about is the logical flow of how God um, ha- applies salvation to the believer, how that works out. Yeah. And so we've made it up to this point. We are at justification. We want to start out, first of all, by defining yeah. it. Then we'll go into some of the biblical grounds yeah. for it. And then finally, we'll, we'll, we'll go through some application um, and other discussion after that. So why don't we start by defining justification? Nick, do you want to define that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, justification uh, is often defined by a mnemonic phrase. Uh, as if, uh, just as if I'd never sinned. Uh, so justification, just as if I'd never sinned. Uh, now, while that is um, uh, not entirely true, it's, it's not less than that, but it's more than that. Because it's not only just as if I'd never sinned, but it's also just as if I had fulfilled the law completely. Um, justification is that God treated Christ just as he, he had done all your sins and God treats you as if you had just, fu- just as if you had fulfilled the law entirely. Uh, so, you know, various, you know, passages of scripture, you know, we'll get into a couple later, but Psalm uh, 130 uh, verse three, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, uh, O Lord, who could stand? Well, the answer is simple is no one. So, um, how is it that you stand? Well, it's you need to be made right or declared right before God. And we'll, we'll talk about those differences between made right and declared right in just a bit. Yeah, so, so you know, I, I think being that we are, we are here on the gospel forum, you know, we want to set up some categories, even, even in the definition, just thinking about the fact that, well, the gospel is good news, it's good news. Why? Well, because even though God created us good to be happy and holy, but we have sinned against him. We are, we are justly deserving his wrath and, and judgment, punishment. And, and so when we're talking about the doctrine of justification, the necessity of that doctrine is because we are sinful, because we are lawbreakers, because we have broken failed to keep God's law or to live up to God's requirements. And because of that, uh, we stand condemned, if not for mm-hmm. someone to mediate for us. And that, that one that we proclaim is Christ Jesus. God sent his son to, to die in our stead. And not only does he provide uh, forgiveness of sin, not only does he provide uh, for eternal life, but, but provides justification. Scriptures in Romans says that he was raised for our justification. So this doctrine that we're talking about yeah. is, is crucial. It's, it's extremely important uh, for the Christian life. In fact, Luther said that uh, 
everything hangs on this doctrine. If we don't have that, if we lose this, then, then all of Christianity falls. Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 There's even a really good uh, book on that topic right here. Um, it's called The Doctrine on Which the Church Stands or Falls. Um, and it's a justification in biblical, theological, historical, and a pastoral perspective. Um, so, it, you know, it, they go through uh, like a biblical theology of it um, insofar that, you know, the, the whole of scripture speaks that man is justified before God by faith alone. It's not something that, you know, um, it's found only in the New Testament. It's not a new doctrine found in the New Testament. It's also not something that was uh, formed at the Reformation, but it, it was always there. You see it prior to the Reformation in Huss and uh, Wycliffe. You see it in, um, you know, even in um, Augustine as well. B.B. Um, um, Warfield even once said that uh, the Reformation was actually uh, the triumph of Augustine's doctrine of justification hmm. over Augustine's doctrine of the church. So, you know, Warfield is actually uh, saying that Augustine contradicted himself. And I, I do agree. I've, I've read a bit of Augustine at this point. And, you know, he did seemingly contradict himself throughout his life. But um, the Reformation was his triumph of uh, the triumph of Augustine's doctrine of justification. And well, what was Augustine's doctrine of justification? That man is justified before God by faith alone. Well, Augustine lived in the fifth century, which means that's a thousand years before the Reformation. Right. So, so if justification uh, didn't come from the Reformation and didn't come from Augustine, then where, where do we get this doctrine uh, of justification? Yeah, I mean, uh, we get it from Scripture. Uh, we get it uh, from throughout scripture. Um, you know, you want to you want to start in some of the earliest pages of scripture, go all the way to um, Genesis chapter 12, you know, where mm. Abraham is introduced and it, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We see it. We see that same phrase again mm. in Genesis mm. 15 and Genesis 17. Um, you see Isaac and Jacob believed God. You see Joseph believes God. And then, you know, you work through the Pentateuch, you work through the law and the writings. It's found throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. Um, the nowhere... Yeah. Oh, gosh. All over the Psalms. Uh, even, yeah. you know, when Paul is citing, um, when Paul is citing the Old Testament, he, he cites so many Psalms mm -hmm. on this idea. Yeah, and so, and I bring that up because the idea that Paul picks up on, which we're going to get to in just a moment, uh, you know, we discussed this earlier once already, though it was unrecorded. Um, <laughs> we, dis we discussed this already, but Romans 3 and 4 is a good starting place in the New Testament to, to really just not only yeah. find the word on the page, you know, and that makes it easier for us to, to, um, to coordinate, you know, the doctrine there. Um, uh, or to uh, to locate it um but but even in romans 3 and 4 he's quoting genesis 15 and he's quoting psalm 32 and in psalm 32 what he quotes is the first few verses where i'm going to read from psalm 32 in the esv where it says blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered blessed is the man against whom the lord counts 
no iniquity. Now, Paul's, Paul's quotation is slightly different than that. We know that that could be from him quoting the Septuagint or something like that. Um, however, the idea is very clear that this is, a, this is an act of God. The blessing is, is for, for something that God does against whom God counts no iniquity. There's an accounting language there. We find that accounting language when we talk about the doctrine of justification. And so if we fast forward to Romans 3 and 4, what do we find? Let me second get there. Romans 3. Nick, why don't you begin reading for us in Romans 3, verse 22. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going I'm to start. In, yeah. So he says uh, about halfway through the verse, it says, for there is no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And mind you, uh, he has just given us two and a half chapters of, uh, you know, Gentiles are unrighteous and Jews are unrighteous. So he says, uh, there's no the Psalms. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified mm. by his grace as a gift through the Redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And yeah, I, I think that's probably almost always, uh, you know, when talking about the New Testament, where where is the doctrine of justification by faith alone found? Um, hmm. I, I, that's almost the first place I've run to. Because um, you see it, and to break it down, uh, so all of sin falls short of the glory of God. So who is in need of justification? Everyone. Right. In um, yep. our... Uh, and then who is justified by grace as a gift? The same everyone. Mm. Everyone who has fallen short, which is Jew and Gentile alike. And how are they done? By his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then, then how, like, how is it that or what is specifically done in justification? Um, that God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received from faith. So, um, so justification is a grace. How does it come to us? By grace. How is it um, administered uh, through the redemption of Christ? Well, how is it that the redemption of Christ brings about justification? Well, by, because God puts forward Christ as a propitiation by his blood. So that propitiation, that means there's no more wrath, no more wrath at all uh, that is due unto us. Therefore, we are made right because the penalty has been paid. What was it that paid the penalty? His blood. And how is it that we, um, we attain this? It is received by faith. And what does this ultimately do? It, does it ultimately just bring us into heaven? No, it's actually more than that. It's to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. 
Well, if he had passed over former sins, that may almost make it look like that God's unrighteous. Um, but no, it was actually to demonstrate uh, a grace that he was patient. It was to show his righteousness at the present time that he might be both just, that is, God himself is justified before men saying, no, I am punishing sin. But two, I am also the justifier because when I do punish sin, it is upon Christ and that righteousness now will be passed to you. Hmm. So, yeah. So, so when we're talking about yeah, this, that, this doctrine, we're talking about an exchange. There, there's an exchange going. On. Yes. There's a, a legal yeah. standing, much like, uh, for instance, in our, in our last episode on adoption, we talked about how in, a, in the doctrine of adoption, um, I think Sean shared some of his own experience, and, and my family has the experience as well, where you're in the courtroom and the gavel falls, declaring and decreeing that the adoption is, is final. Um, and, and all the rights and, and all of the, uh, the benefits and blessings of being a child are, are, are conferred to, to that child. But when that gavel falls, there's also a picture of a legal change, a legal transaction happening. And for us in salvation, the legal change that happens, that, that brings us in, is, is, is justification. We are justified by faith through Christ because of what he has done, his righteousness credited to our account, our sins credited to him. And all of this is an act of God. It's an act of God's mercy. I want to share a quote now from, um, from Thomas Cranmer, uh, one of the reformers. He said this, he said, our justification comes freely by the mere mercy of God. And of so great and free mercy that whereas all the world was not able of themselves to pay any part towards their ransom, it pleased our heavenly father, this infinite mercy without any, uh, any our desert or deserving to prepare us, prepare for us of the infinite mercy or of the most precious jewels. I'm sorry, prepare for us the most precious jewels of Christ's body and blood, whereby our ransom may, might be fully paid the law fulfilled and his justice fully satisfied to put that very small very short phrase here god has done the miracle of miracles in giving us the gift of justification and it is all by his mercy uh, that is something to celebrate Amen. something to glory in uh, romans romans 4 romans 5 Amen. you know abraham uh, was counted righteous because of his faith now now we come to the question of um, it, it's a it's a mere act of God, right? Um, and we see that very clearly. Justification is by faith alone. We see that right there in Romans. But there's another passage that that uh, other people, uh, I will say, others with different views here, like to bring up concerning justification. Uh, and that that passage is in James. So, I, yeah, I think it would be I think it would be fitting for us to to at least spend some time looking at that as well. In Romans three and four, Romans three yeah, and four, five, yeah, for sure. Eight, you know, those aren't the only passages in the New Testament that we could look to that clearly define it. Those are very helpful and clear passages. Uh, Gal yeah, Galatians chapter two, three, and four um, mm -hmm. lay it out. Ephesians chapter two, um, I, I think Philippians what 
four. I could be wrong on that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's found through the whole New Testament. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, by faith this, by faith that, by faith this, by faith that. Like, uh, you see, it's, it's, it's the one doctrine that, like, it's, you can't mess up if you've actually read the text. Hmm. And, but however, <laughs> when we come to James. Indeed. Uh, when we, Indeed. we come to James, there is this there's this issue that we run into. And, and I, don't, I don't say that, you know, uh, flippantly. Um, there's, there's been a lot of struggle over these passages. In fact, I think it was Luther himself that, that did not like James, uh, did not like the letter of James, and he called it a right strawy gospel. Um, and he was disappointed with it. Yeah. He, he, he accepted the fact that it was part of the canon, but, but he wasn't happy with it. Um, maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. Maybe I'm, I'm not yeah. speaking well of Luther here, but yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, at first, you know, he did like that was like it, you know, eventually, you know, with time, uh, you know, the spirit sanctified him, uh, to a point where, you know, he did grow to love it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's when you're, when you're fighting literally for your life, uh, mm. you know, at Luther, you know, I, I could understand, you know, the hesitation be like, um, I'm not going to preach on this one for a while, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and so we've, we've built this up for a minute here. And for people who are not familiar with what we're referring to, let's just look at the text. So in James 2, uh, in James 2, beginning of verse 14, I'm just going to read, read a bit of the passage there. So James 2, beginning of verse 14, it says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Now, I'm just going to stop right there for a moment. Uh, it's very clear. When you, when you look at things in context, there is a specific kind of faith that he's referring to in this passage. And that kind of faith is the kind of faith that is not supported by works. Right? Verse 14. What good is it, my brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Now, some people argue that in the Greek, the word that is not there. However, when you follow the Greek rules of grammar, that this is a good translation. Can that faith save him? I'm going to continue reading now. Uh, verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, one of you says to him, go in peace and be warm and be filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So he's setting up this idea of hypocrisy. It's very clear that someone who says that they have the love of God, but they don't have love of neighbor, that they cannot, they cannot truly possess saving faith. Verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. All right. Uh, that's just the beginning of it. There's, there's another passage further around that brings, uh, brings justification very clearly into view, but I think that this is this is the lens through which we interpret the latter, right? We read this, we see yeah. faith by itself without works is dead. Um, I, I'm going to share a quote here that I think is very helpful by George Whitfield, and and he said this. He said, "Good works have their proper place. They, good works, justify our faith." not our persons 
They follow our faith and evidence our justification in the sight of men. So when we read later on in James here, when he says uh, that you're not justified by faith uh, apart from works, um, or you are, we're justified by works rather than by faith, this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the profession. We're talking about the outward um, evidence toward persons around us of our faith. We're not talking about our actual justification before God. Am I way out in yeah. the field here, or, or does that sound like I'm tracking right here? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think you're exactly right, because if you, if you look at the very next verse, he, he starts off by saying, uh, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So right there, you're, you're, uh, you said, you know, it really matters about the audience. Well, right there, but someone will say, well, then that means the audience of this is man, not God. The justification that's being talked about here is a justification before men, which is exactly why he says, uh, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. He's not saying I'm justified before God by my works. I'm not justified before God by my faith and works. No, I'm showing you my faith by my works. Hmm. So, so yeah, I, I think that's, I think, you know, just that very next sentence, um, you know, really, you know, emphasizes that. And then, you know, uh, you know, we keep reading, you know, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder, uh, you know, which is, you know, kind of a, a strong statement because, you know, how many people go to church? Yeah, I believe in God. Great. You have a demonic level faith. Um, <laughs> you <Right>. know, that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really jarring. Uh, but, um, you know, but, um, you know, there is something that is shown. So, again, verse 20, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, uh, that faith apart from works is useless? And then he goes to Abraham. And hmm. we're like, wait a second, we've already talked about Abraham. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar and you're like hang on I know Abraham was actually justified before Isaac was even born so you're like wait a second so what kind of justification is this well it's not again it's not necessarily before God now one could say well nobody else was up on the mountain with him that may be true but how many people knew that they were both going up on the mountain you know, quite a number of people. So you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. As the scripture was fulfilled, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Again, it just, it cites it right there. Um, it, it's not saying Abraham believed God uh, and he did works. Uh, however, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and the belief that he had brought about good works. So it's just like, you know, what the reformers used to say, man is fa saved by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Yeah. And, and when we're reading through James, we have to understand as well, you know, the, the context in James is 
is thought to virtuous living. It's, it's the Christian life um, and, yeah. and justification before God is, is upstream, right? It's upstream from the kind of justification yeah. that he's talking about here. But he is, he is, I do believe he's intending, he's intending to cause introspection among the believers here. You know, hey, is yeah. am I justified here? Yeah. Am I justified? If you're if you're professing faith, but your life lacks the fruit, what what, what, what kind of justification are you are you, are you thinking that you have? Uh, because according to James, according yeah. to this picture, you do not have justification if your life is not producing the fruit of the root that you claim. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agreed, you know, and to put it a different way, uh, justification always brings about sanctification. They're, they're, they're connected, uh, but distinct. And I, I think, you know, this is where, uh, you know, our Roman Catholic friends actually tend to get in trouble uh, and not just them, uh, but even, you know, even some forms of Arminianism, even uh, sadly, uh, slip into this error uh, that, uh, that, we end up thinking that justification is a process and justification is progressive. Uh, that um, justification is not, uh, you know, or, or we see it as partial or potential rather than real and now. Um, you know, I, and I think if we look at what scriptures say, they say, no, we are justified now, right now, the moment you believe. Um, and it is real. It's not potential. It's not partial. Um, and this, you know, this, you know, will go down the line, you know, well, can a, a believer actually lose justification? Well, you know, that's, you know, a slightly different topic, but, you know, it, it's related nonetheless. Um, so then one could say, you know, well, maybe I'm justified. I'm just not really sanctified yet well that's you know that could very well be true so you know there is a fine line in the sense of you know okay i i'm looking at my life well the scriptures say that we're not to be doing these things so i look at my life and it's like well i am doing these things therefore i'm not justified maybe <laughs> you know yeah. uh mm -hmm. it, Nonetheless, it should still cause introspection. Um, it should cause a carefulness about the mm -hmm. things that we do, the things that we think, and the things that we say. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, you know, and I, I don't think any of us would disagree that it may not always be the case that, you know, well, you keep, you know, you keep sinning, you keep doing things that scripture commands you not to do. And you're keep not doing this things that scripture commands you to. It sounds biblical. Um, <laughs> Romans seven. Um, mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I, you know, to be introspective, uh, what is it? Second uh, Corinthians 13, five, uh, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. And if you failed, you may not have even been in it. Um, you know, but it, it's not an automatic thing. Um, so, yeah. And, and, um, uh, you know, we talk about these ideas of, you know, 
am I justified? So let me just step aside for a moment here and say that some of the people watching these videos, um, hopefully we, hopefully we haven't lost you (laughs) at this point, but, but a a couple of things, a couple of things that I want to just say in, in as plain a language as I can, when we're talking about justification, we're talking about being made right with God. Just in the most plain language I can speak, we're talking about being made right with God. And if you have been made right with God, if that's true, um, that's not something you can be oblivious to. And if it's something that's true and something that you know, it ought to affect the way that you live. Um, If if this is what we believe, the evidence of that belief will be in our life. Um, you know, John Calvin said it's faith alone justifies, but faith which justifies is not alone. If, if we are made right with God, we're made right by faith alone. But if we're made right with God, that being made right will never be by itself. We will not continue the same ways that we, we lived before. We will not continue to be uh, like a dog returning to his vomit one day scripture say i can't remember what it's at right now we won't we won't be constantly living as though we were dead doesn't mean we won't stumble doesn't mean we won't won't fall into some things from time to time and be tempted and 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 succumb to temptation but what it does mean is that our lives will be trending toward godliness Uh, we 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 will be growing yeah and we have to be we have to be we have to be a little bit merciful here to some people who don't have good discipleship, I think. Um, I think there's many people out there that are genuine believers that are justified before God, and they have pastors and teachers who are not teaching them sound doctrine. Um, and, and we've met many of these yeah. people who, who've come out of that. And, and that's, the, that's God's grace that's it's shepherded them and, and led them out of that by conviction under the word, by the Holy Spirit. Um, but it is possible that someone could be saved under under poor discipleship and and not grow in grace um but that's not what we're talking about here what we're talking about is in general if you have been made right with god there's going to be clear evidence in your life clear evidence in your life that you have been made right with god and you know it i'm not talking about pride i'm talking about joy Uh, and you know i want to share a I want to share a quote here, a story from, um, from Charles Spurgeon, a little story he told to illustrate justification. Now, I, I think it's just, it's just a great way of, of bringing this, um, bringing this to the front in, in people's minds. If we, if we've, if they've struggled to keep up with some of the language. So he, here's what, here's how Spurgeon illustrated the fact. He says, there's a prisoner at the bar and the jury has just brought and bar meaning, you know, the, in a courtroom, right? Um, there's a prisoner at the bar, and the jury has just brought in a verdict of not guilty. The judge bids him go free. There are people in the court who gnash their teeth in. There are persons in the street who hate him. What does he care? I've been pronounced, I've been pronounced not guilty by the proper tribunal. The judge himself tells me that I'm acquitted. Not a law officer can touch me. Not the fiercest enemy in the world can drag me into court again. I have been tried and found not guilty. And who is he that condemns? Here's how he rounds out the illustration. It is just so with the Christian. 
Christ's righteousness is put on him. Christ takes his sins when he stands before God's bar. The eternal voice seems to say, I see no sin in that man. How can he? Because all that man's sins, Christ took away. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about the doctrine of justification. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you had mentioned something in there, and it kind of reminded me of uh, Romans 8. Um, you know, we, you know, Calvinists like to focus on verses uh, 29 and 30. Uh, but, you know, right after, you know, he says uh, that golden chain of redemption, he says, what, is, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, now, you know, I, I tend to think, you know, um, well, I was not a, I was not a good kid. I was a very, you know, angry, very violent kid growing up. So all those kids that I hit and threw things at and, you know, did crazy things uh, toward, they could be against me. Yeah. And are they legitimately against me? Yes. But if God is for you, they're against me doesn't matter who he that is god did not even spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against god's elect are there are there legitimate charges against us yes but it is god who justifies and and what greater authority is there than god there is none there is no greater appeal uh over him if God justifies, that's it. Who is to condemn? Well, it would only be God that could condemn. However, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised, who is at the right hand of the Father, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he, he goes into, you know, that no one can separate us. Well, all of these things, God is for us. God justifies. God does not condemn. Uh, when you are in him, you are justified by faith. You're not justified just because, you know, you're alive. You're not justified by death. You know, just because you die doesn't mean you're going to heaven. No, there, we don't believe in a justification by death. We don't believe in justification by works. We don't believe in justification by anything except faith alone in Jesus Christ alone yeah and 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 I, I i feel like we may have may have assumed something here maybe we spoke about it earlier but i want to make sure that we're clear um just in case and if if i'm if we were very clear about it earlier i've just forgotten at this point but but when we're talking about just to keep our faith we're mm -hmm. talking about faith faith in the sufficiency of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. I was, I was able to, uh, to yeah. preach Psalm 32 uh, this past year. And, and in focusing on those first few verses about what God does uh, in salvation and how it is all an act of God to forgive us of sins and to cleanse us of sins and to cover us, um, it, it became, it, I was reminded, I, I was reminded that, you know, we hear our culture talk about forgiving ourselves. You know, we need to, I, I just can't forgive myself of that. I need to forgive myself of that. Um, but the beautiful message of the gospel is that you have no need to forgive yourself for your sin. Brother, sister, listening to this, if you've trusted in Christ, 
you don't need to forgive yourself because the cross of Christ was sufficient to rid your soul of all guilt. The cross of Christ is sufficient to rid your soul of guilt. So stop hanging on uh, like you need to forgive yourself. No, Christ's blood is sufficient to cover us. And, and his blood is sufficient to wash us and to cleanse us and to present us before God, holy and blameless at the day of his coming. Amen. And, you know, and, and this is, you know, this is like the pastoral side, uh, really. This is the very practical side of why the differences between the Roman Catholic view of analytical justification and the uh, the Protestant view of forensic justification. If, if justification, if you are declared righteous before God, or what um, uh, Luther called simul justus et peccato, uh, that you are simultaneously just and sinner, that means there is, there's actually a lot of hope in that because you may look at yourself and say, wow, I keep doing these things. Um, you know, how can I be forgiven? Uh, or I need to forgive myself. Uh, you know, if, if justification was analytical, that, um, that you can only be declared righteous when you become righteous, well, then there is a basis to forgive yourself and you need to, and God needs to forgive you and you need to purge all the evil within you. And if there's still a little bit evil left, you know, by the time you're dead, well, then there's a basis for uh, purgatory. But yet, if you were declared righteous by an alien righteousness or extra nos, something outside of yourself, well, whose righteousness then? It is Christ's righteousness. And, and you know, more than that, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, um, or 5.21 Yes, 521, I think, uh, that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that in him we may have the righteousness of God. That is, when we believe in Christ, he takes on our sin, but we're not made neutral. No, God himself makes us just as righteous as he is. Mm. And as Jesus said in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, that for us to inherit eternal life, that we need to be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect. And the only way that can happen is if God himself gives us his righteousness. And he does, he does so by declaration uh, that you are declared righteous, that you are declared justified before him upon profession of faith in Christ, true saving profession, that kind of faith as James talks about. Amen. Amen. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. Mm. When the tempter will yes. prevail, yes. he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises will last. I don't remember the rest of it right at the moment. But, um, yeah, I was just reminded of that as you're speaking. What a, what a beautiful message. You know, brother, I don't know if you have more to say here, but I feel like we could just end this time now. Um, with uh, the doxology yeah. from Jude. Now, this might not have immediate application oh, to yes. justification. Uh, I think it does have some application here. I'm not even thinking clearly at this moment. It's very late. I don't know how long we've been on here right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I just want to leave on um, that note. <laughs> 
Yeah, if, if I could just say one more thing, just real briefly, sure. uh, you know, that you are bringing up Jude, you know, that doxology in Jude, you know, um, you know, it, it speaks to our assurance, but then mm. um, how do how do we have good and true assurance? Well, it's by having a good doctrine of justification. Um, when you, uh, when you always want to look at your works, you know, you know, Roman Catholics and various other groups want to look to their works for their justification. Uh, but honestly, like, I, I think a lot of times, even within good, solid evangelical and, you know, sadly, even some reform circles, they want to look to their works for their assurance as well. I keep doing this thing. I keep doing that thing. Am I really saved? Stop looking to your works. Like, oh, I think you know, I think we all do it to some degree. I think we all do it to some degree. Yeah, and it, and, and I think that's the I think that's a proper um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for milestone of sanctification that you just get to a point where you're no longer looking at it, and it's not that you're not doing introspection; it's just that you no longer look to your works as the basis for anything. Um, you know, when we start looking uh to the words of christ when he said it is finished that we can truly say faith alone saves mm. that is the 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 good and sure uh salvation that we have that that uh that solid and firm foundation that we have and we know that uh while while even even in the midst of our sin that while he holds us fast um you know, that we, we are commanded to cling to Christ, but when, when our fingers are losing their strength, we know that he too is clinging to us. And that is the basis of our assurance. So a, a good, proper understanding of justification does that. But it, I mean, there's, there's a million practical things. If, if Christ fulfilled the entirety of uh, wrath against you, that God... Uh, was satisfied by that and he said you are right before me well then there's no need for you to say I need to forgive myself you know or you know say you know my wife makes me angry there's no if Christ has satisfied the wrath against her and God has sought fit to say no she is right before me well then who am I to carry out my wrath against well God your wrath wasn't enough <laughs> you know mm -hmm. I, I we yeah. could have a million um you know, applications to this. So, yeah, but yeah and I, I wanted to finish that off because, you know, this Jude passage really does speak to our assurance, but having a good doctrine of justification brings about good and proper assurance. Amen. Amen. Well, we are, we are told in, in Jude, he opens the letter to those who are called beloved and God, the father and kept to Jesus Christ. He, he warns them of false teachers and the judgment that's coming for them. And then he tells them in verse 20, but you beloved building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And he concludes with this doxology with which we will close our time. He says this. And may this be the prayer of our hearts. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you for watching another, another episode uh, of the Gospel Forum podcast. Stay tuned for more. Go to our, our website. You can follow along the blogs there. We have corresponding articles to each of these videos or corresponding videos to each of the articles, however that works, chicken or the egg kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, you can also find us on social media and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I think. Um, oh, yeah, there's a conference coming up pretty soon. The Sound Men's yes. Conference. Yes, completely forgot is. about that. Completely yeah. forgot about that. Um, yeah. That is Saturday, I, November I, I just popped in my head 12th. Too. Did I say that right? Saturday, November yeah. 12th? Okay, yeah. That's correct. All right, Saturday, November 12th. You can register online. You yep. can find a link on our website. I believe there's also a direct link if you look up soundmensconference.com. Um, go there to register now. It's a very affordable price, two meals. It's a men's conference. Uh, we're going to play some basketball. Here's some preaching and teaching in God's word. You get a free book. Uh, why not? Why not register? Yep. All right. So uh, at that note, we are Agreed. going to, and we're going to, you got something, Nick? I was just going to say that is local in Sarasota. Uh, so right. if you guys are local to Sarasota or in and around the area, um yeah that will be uh available to you very cool well at that note we will see you guys next time thanks for watching and until next time keep on reforming keep on reforming <laughs> <laughs>